Welcome to the Alpha Male Coach Podcast, the only podcast that teaches men the cognitive mastery and alpha mindset that it takes to become an influential and irresistible man of confidence. Here's your host, certified life coach and international man of mystery, Kevin Ayo. What's up, my brothers? Welcome back to the Alpha Male Coach Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Ayo. And before we get into the content today, before we get into the episode today, I want to invite everyone to the webinar on Thursday, August 11th, less than a week away, where I'm going to discuss the tribe and answer any questions you may have about enrolling in the next and final class of 2022. The tribe is a certification program for anyone interested in being a cognitive mastery coach, an emotional ownership coach, a soul remembrance coach. You will learn how to guide others in the personal manifestation process. You'll learn how to guide others in creating the life of their dreams using the methodology I use in the academy. Being in the academy is not required for enrolling in the tribe. All you have to do to attend this webinar and to receive the recorded replay is to go to the website, thealphamalecoach.com, and sign up for the Indomitable Self-Confidence Newsletter. When you go to the website, a little pop-up, a little sign-up pop-up will appear, and all you got to do is put in your name and email address, and done. You're done. That's it. It's very easy. You can do it right now. You can pause this podcast and go to the website, get that done, and then come back. When you do that, you'll get a 24-hour and a one-hour notification in your email with the Zoom link, as well as the recorded replay if you can't make it to the webinar live. Now, the value of attending the webinar live is that it is an interactive webinar, so you will be able to ask all the questions that you might have about what it means to be in the tribe, what the benefits are, what the results are, all the questions you have about the tribe, you'll be able to ask those on the webinar. It's not just me talking to you. It's not like the podcast where it's one direction. It's, this is the webinar. It's a two-directional thing. You can ask me questions. If you want to make an extra six figures or more as a coach, if you want to guide other humans into living their best life, and if you want to help free the souls that live on this planet, help wake up people, <laughs> wake up the humans, and heal the universe, you don't want to miss this opportunity. Okay, brothers, now let's get into the episode for today. A few weeks ago, I did an episode on the 12 Attitudes of Mastery. That episode had a huge response. And the reason why I think it had a response is because these are things you can meditate on. These are things you can apply in your life right away. There's a lot of power in the number 12, more power than I'm going to explain today. But today I'm going to offer the 12 responsibilities of mastery, which are also a part of cognitive mastery and awakening the highest self. When I offer these to you, my friends, I want you to consider how you can apply these, just like the attitudes in your life. How do you can apply these responsibilities in your life? Now, I get really passionate when I talk about these. Because they are life-transforming concepts that when taken as responsibilities and practiced with intention, you will live into your highest self. All of these are based on the universal truth. And if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, I'm certain that a lot of this will sound familiar. Consider how by meditating on these responsibilities, actively and passively, by actively meditating and passively meditating on these responsibilities, you can take your human experience to the next level. Remember, brothers, you are a soul. You are a light being. You are energy. You are the microcosm of the universe. Try to make these responsibilities, like the attitudes, your way of life. Put one in your intention each week. If you take one responsibility a week and every day of that week you just focus on that, then after three months, after 12 weeks, you will be a higher man. You will be an elevated man. You will be 
an expanded man. So here are the 12 responsibilities of mastery. We'll begin with number one, and that is self-actualization. You are responsible for self-actualization. And self-actualization is the freedom from the victim-victimizer blame game, and it is the willingness to be accountable for all the perceivable manifestations as direct projections of intended learning from the personal soul, from your personal flame that comes from the eternal fire. Now, brothers, here's what I'm talking about. You are not a victim. You are not a victim ever. You can stop all of the stuff about being a victim. You can stop all the blame about, oh, he did this to me or she did that to me or the universe does this to me or it's all happening to me or why me or poor me or blah, blah, blah. Like I'm a victim of the traffic. I'm a victim of the weather. I'm a victim of my job. I'm the victim of my boss. I'm the victim of these people. I'm the victim of ah, blah, 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 blah. You are not a victim. You are not a victim. You are a gift. You are here being given everything. Everything is for you. Every single moment that time passes, every single moment in this moment, in this now, every single one is a gift for you. You are not the victim of anybody or anything. You are the victor. You are the champion of your universe. You are here to experience what the universe is giving you, giving you in love, giving you in support. You are always, always receiving. You are never being harmed by anybody. You are not a victim. You can stop the blaming. You can stop saying it's this person's fault or that person's fault or this is the, it's because of that or because of this. And I hear this a lot. I hear this a lot, especially, look, the news media, (laughs) the news media does this purposely because they make a lot of money on fear. They make a lot of money on separation. They make a lot of money on divisiveness. You are not a victim. You are not a victim of the economy. You are not a victim of the government. You are not a victim of your job. You are not a victim of anybody or anything. So when you self-actualize, when you take this as a responsibility, when you take self-actualization as a responsibility, you free yourself from all blame, blaming others. You do not blame others. You stop blaming anybody for anything because you realize that every single thing that happens, happens for you. It is a gift for you. It is a gift for you to grow from, learn from, love from. It's all happening for you, brothers. And I know that that's a wild concept because our mind wants to duel everything. It wants to say there's a duality in everything. It wants to compare everything. It wants to say, well, this is good. I want this to happen to me or this is bad. I don't want this to happen to me. So it compares and it puts opposition. It puts a contrast in there. And then we start to blame the things that say that, that quote, bad are happening, right? We blame that what shouldn't be happening. So I blame my parents. I blame my teachers. I blame these people. I blame these things. When you self-actualize, when you take self-actualization as a responsibility, you stop that blame game. That's number one. Number two is self-sovereignty. And self-sovereignty is freedom, again, freedom from the need for approval from or the need to rebel against any form of external authority through understanding that you, you, brother, as a manifestation of the source, have the ability to create personal freedom without violating the spiritual rights of others and without allowing others to violate the spiritual rights of your being. Look, brothers... This is basically external validation. Self-sovereignty is stopping the external validation. You need no approval. You need no permission from anybody outside of yourself. You have all the answers within you. You have within you everything you need all the time. 
Self-sovereignty means to be free from the approval of external authority. Nobody needs to approve of you. You don't need approval from anybody. You don't need permission from anybody to live your heart's desire, to live your soul's desire, to manifest the desire that you were brought here to experience. You don't need approval from anybody outside of you. And furthermore, you don't need to rebel against anybody because just like self-actualization, you're not being repressed by anybody. It's all a thought that you have about the construct of the external. You don't need to rebel against any form of external authority. You don't need approval from any external authority. All you need to do is remember who you are. You need to remember that you are a spiritual being. You are a soul. You are a light and source of love having an experience in a third dimension, having an experience in form. That's self-sovereignty. That's knowing you are self-contained. Your authority is within you. It's within you. It is you. That's number two, to be self-sovereign. That's a second responsibility. Responsibility number three is self-containment. Self-containment. And you may have heard of me talk about this when it comes to cognitive mastery and emotional ownership. To be self-contained, to know that your mind and your emotions are yours. Self-containment is taking personal responsibility for and realizing at all times that you are accountable for directing your personal energies, your mental energies, and your vibrational energies. There is no one or nothing that upsets you and therefore justifies or validates any personal spiritual misuse of reaction, idea, intention, or action. It is you who upsets yourself. It's just you, brother. If you are feeling upset, if you're angry, if you're afraid, if you're frustrated, it's coming from you. It is you that upsets yourself by allowing the emotional body to follow misperceptions of the mind that tell you that your power lies outside yourself. And at any given moment, you can choose which words, associations, and ideas you will use as the filters through which you interpret a circumstance. You get to decide what you want to think about the neutral events that are occurring. Words like, I'm upset, I'm mad, I'm hurt, or any other category of labeling, whether it's conscious or unconscious, are all mental body filters. They're all coming from the mind. And that direct emotional and physical body function, they, the thoughts drive the feelings, drive the actions. The self-contained individual recognizes that at all times, the freedom of interpretation, the freedom of choice, the freedom of cognitive mastery exists. And therefore, any negative experience as it's associating disharmonic energy of being upset can only exist as a personal interpretation of circumstance. You know that you are creating however you feel. Accepting any less responsibility for the direction of your personal energy, whether it's mental or emotional or even behavioral, will place you directly into the Victim blame game, which can only take place among people who are placing their personal power and responsibility for manifestation onto external sources, namely others. That's abdication. You're abdicating your power. You're giving your power away. You're giving your power to feel and to create to external sources, whether that be people or events. Brother, only you have the power to upset yourself. Regardless of what other people say or do, you are fully entitled to your own thoughts about it. No one and nothing has the power to upset you unless you give this power away. Self-containment comes when you recognize that the direction of personal energies, and when I say personal energies, I'm talking about your movement, right? Your behavior. I'm talking about your vibration, your emotion. I'm talking about your thoughts, your mental personal energies. And self-containment comes when you recognize that the direction of these energies, whether it's conscious or unconscious, is an attainable level of personal mastery and exists as an implied responsibility 
that comes with the gift of free choice, of free will. The more responsible you become, the greater freedom and personal empowerment you will know. That's number three. Number four is self-discipline. Yes, self-discipline is a responsibility. Accepting responsibility for directing your personal energies towards. When I say personal energies, let me say that again. I'm talking about your thoughts, your feelings, and your actions. I'm talking about the T, F, and the A of the model of alignment. I just want to make that clear so that moving forward, I can say personal energies, you know what I'm saying. Because self-discipline means that you're accepting the responsibility for how you direct your thoughts, your feelings, and your actions, rather than in opposition to the outcomes you desire to experience. It's intention. Self-discipline has to do with intention. The physical, mental, and emotional bodies have long been directed by the unconscious forces of the beta condition, creating within us urges, reactions, thoughts, and impulses, even perceptions and feelings that often work to counter the life creations we desire to manifest. Part of cognitive mastery, emotional ownership, spiritual mastery entails teaching ourselves to be consciously diligent in observing our own minds, observing our own emotions, and our own physical movements, so that we may employ conscious redirection of unconscious beta condition thoughts that run on autopilot. If we can learn to catch ourselves, if we can learn to interrupt the universal truth, interrupt the model of alignment, thought patterns, and emotions that run through us, we can use that moment of recognition to reclaim this errant energy and consciously use the power of affirmative attitude, the intentional model of alignment, remedial word choice, and direct energy redirection to direct opposing energies of the self into fulfillment of desired constructive, spiritually mature creations. Brothers, self-discipline is so important. It is cognitive mastery. It takes self-discipline to become the lion tamer of the roaring beta condition. You need to tame that beast. But we do have the intrinsic power to help. We have the alpha state, and we can use the alpha state to go in and tame the beta condition. Self-discipline emerges when we consistently remind ourselves to employ the alpha thoughts, the alpha feelings, the alpha actions, even if we don't feel like it. When the beta condition sneaks in the back door, the beta condition of ourself, the beta self, the not self surfaces so that we can see the parts of ourself come to the conscious mind for healing. Through this process, the conscious mind itself can learn greater attributes of mastery. That's self-discipline. That's number four. Number five, the fifth responsibility is self-love. Oh, love. I love talking about love. I love talking about love. I love talking about gratitude. And it is our responsibility to love and nurture ourselves through the limitless gift of divine spirit, the source, the all oneness that moves through us at every moment. Genuine love must come from within and can only be gained through genuine spiritual connection to the eternal soul that lives within you and its inherent connection to all creation. If we seek love outside of us in order to fulfill a personal loneliness or lack within, we enter into relationships as these energy vampires, as these needy, lacking, desperate humans. And when we do this, we are seeking a substitute for our personal source connection, through our personal connection to the all oneness, through tapping into the source that's embodied within other people, other beings, between, you know, because we're looking for the love within their soul, the love that they have, and we have it too. But this connection is not love. This is need. This implies the lack of something. 
the lack of something essential, which in turn implies a limited personal connection to the all oneness, the universal consciousness. This lack cannot be filled by external love. It cannot be filled by some external need from someone else. It can only be fulfilled by recognizing the divinity within you, the source within you, and therefore recognizing that you are a living embodiment of absolute love. You are love. You are love. You are love, brother. Once this is recognized, you will have the greatest love of all. You'll have pure love, pure love, universal love. And from this position of power, you can go into the world seeking those to whom you can give this love rather than seeking those from whom you can get this love. When love is approached through self-love, the motivation is to give joyfully, knowing that anything you might need can be made manifest through the love of the active source that you carry inside yourself. Self-love is a responsibility of the spiritually mature. That's number five. Number six is spiritual integrity. And I've, I've used that word a lot. I've used the word spiritual a lot because, again, as alpha men, we are spiritual men. The beta condition lives in the world of form. The beta condition lives solely in the world of form. The alpha state, as alpha men, we exist in the realm of form, but we are spiritual beings. We know that we are beings of energy, beings of light, beings of love. So spiritual integrity is our absolute responsibility to choose to act in a spiritually integral way at all times. There is no excuse to knowingly violating the spiritual rights of others, regardless of how poorly they may be treat you or, or react to you. Spiritual integrity requires that we begin to look at what we really are doing in the way we live our lives. Do our eating habits violate the plant, animal, or earth kingdoms? Do our choice of words and actions show respect for the other people in other life forms? Do we play the survival of the fittest lack game, right? There's not enough out there for everybody, so I need to get mine. I need to get mine and get more to give ourselves an excuse for unethical behaviors. Do you tell people what they want to hear in order to gain their approval and support, even if it's not fully true and does not reflect your personal needs or feelings? In other words, do you people please? Do you lie? Do you try to get others to do your share as far as work or responsibility is concerned? Do you use erroneous excuses like race and gender and creed and academic or economic status to justify disrespectful, exploitative, or unkind treatment of others? Spiritual integrity requires that we take a good, hard, frequent look at how we conduct our lives to face the areas of activity in which we are performing in less than spiritually congruent ways and to employ active commitment and discipline to bring these areas of our lives into spiritual integrity. Spiritual integrity is so important, brothers. That's number six. Number seven is appreciation. Appreciation is, again, one of my favorites. It's one of my favorite responsibilities because it's a lot like gratitude. You appreciate. Our present society continually teaches us to want more, need more, be more, do more. <laughs> it's a beta condition. It's, the beta, it's a conditioning we receive it through our beta mind. We're constantly influenced to perceive what is lacking in order to motivate us to buy more, work more, pay more, and be good little consumer sheep. We're constantly being told to compare ourselves to our neighbor. Look at what he has. Look at what she has. Look at what they have. You need to have that too. We should all have that. And I agree with, with abundance. But I don't agree with comparison. It's not about what others have. It's not about having more and more and more because somebody else has more. You should have more too. If you want more, you can have more. But it's not because of somebody else. It's not because we were trained to do this. Very rarely do we stop to think about all that we do have, beginning with the gift of life, 
Beginning with life, you have life, you are alive, and you have the mental free will of choice. And through this disoriented perceptional filter, we can cultivate a full-blown mutation of mental consciousness. And this mutated consciousness, this beta condition, we begin to believe that we are entitled. The beta condition says, I am entitled, that somebody owes me something. Brother, nobody owes you anything. Yeah, that's a beta condition. If you start to say that I'm owed, I'm entitled... That's the beta condition. Nobody owes you anything. The universe doesn't owe you anything. Your parents don't owe you anything. Your wife doesn't owe you anything. Your kids don't owe you anything. Your boss doesn't owe you anything. The government doesn't owe you anything. Nobody owes you anything. Nobody. Once we fall into this you owe me mind trap, we set ourselves up for continuing self-created frustration and we place unrealistic and untrue expectations on life, others, and ourselves. We can also get pretty angry or hurt when we find the universe doesn't conform to our imagined pictures of what we think we're owed. No one owes us anything. No one owes me anything. No one owes you anything. In fact, we're always being given. We're constantly being given. We're constantly in a state of receiving because the universe is always giving to us. You are alive. Not only are you alive, you have the freedom of choice. You have everything you need. You need nothing. You are owed nothing. If we feel we are owed, then we are entertaining lack consciousness and a void within the self is being recognized. If we give to another in order to receive for ourselves, if the only purpose of our giving is transactional, if we're only giving because we want something given back, and then the other person does not pay back what we expected to receive, then we start to feel cheated. We start to feel taken advantage of and we feel owed. And you know what? Maybe these situations emerge in our lives as lessons to teach us that giving should be done for the giving alone and not for the expected return. If we give what we desire to give for the joy of giving alone, we don't feel like we're owed anything. We just give without an expectation of receiving return. If we live for the joy of living without forcing our demands or expectations on life, we will not feel that life has shortchanged us. We won't feel taken advantage of. It doesn't matter what our neighbors have. It doesn't matter what he has or she has or they have because in comparing ourselves to each other to see how we measure up to each other, we are in effect continually being distracted from seeing and utilizing the blessings that are our own. We completely lose a sense of gratitude. We lose gratitude. If we can work to cultivate the ability to appreciate even the smallest of gifts, blessings, and gestures, we will begin to create a life that is at least half full instead of half empty. And in terms of universal physics, what you focus your intention on expands. What you resist persists. And what you do not give the energy of appreciation, when you're not appreciating things, you will eventually demanifest those things right out of your experience. This is something that the Christ said. He said, those that have and know they have, more will be given to them. Those that have and don't know they have, even what they do have will be taken from them. And I'm going to repeat that. Those that have and know that they have, those that have and appreciate what they have, those that have and who are grateful for what they have, more will be given to them. Those that have and don't know what they have, those that have and don't appreciate what they have, those that have and aren't grateful for what they have, even what they do have will be taken from them. When you approach the world through the chosen filter of genuine giving, you are being an electrical transmitter. You are being an electromagnet of light, sending energy out to the world around you. And giving, even in its simplest form of giving appreciation, keeps that natural energy flow moving. Whatever you give out will return to you amplified. This also works in reverse, though. It works in reverse. 
And giving out a bad attitude of ego, arrogance, and garbage will cause more of the same to flow your way. Appreciate what you have. Love what you have. Find perspectives through which the joy of it can be known and know that in the act of genuine appreciation itself, you will set loose the powers of manifesting more of what you desire and less of the illusion of lack. This whole idea that the universe owes me something, this mind trip of owes me, is one of the most powerful self-sabotaging games in the world. Trade it in for consistent appreciation and your world will progressively expand to hold the reality of the things you most desire. If you feel put upon by the world, if you feel like the world is against you and resentful for having your desires unmet, then you owe yourself something. If you're resentful for having your desires unmet, then you owe yourself something. You know what that is? You owe yourself a greater understanding of the nature of creation and a better use of your personal power within the life creation game. I say enroll in the academy. I say come and see the power that you have in the academy. Because if you feel like you're a victim in this world and you feel like the world owes you something that you can't create it yourself, come see me. Come see me. I'll prove you otherwise. I'll show you the power you have. I'll teach you. I'll, I'll help you unlock the power within you. Say thank you. Thank you to the universe more often to help yourself remember that things you have to appreciate and many more of the same will be sent along your way. That's number seven. Number eight is patience. Patience, brothers. This is a big one. I know this is a big one because we all need to learn patience. The universe has its own schedule. The all oneness, it's on its own time frame. We can either acknowledge this intrinsic reality of manifestation and choose to work co-creatively with the all oneness within us, trusting that together you and the universe will create the perfect divine timing. And you know what, brothers, if that isn't right now, then there is a good reason for why you're not getting it right now. Everything is happening exactly the way it's meant to happen in the time it's meant to happen. It's meant to happen this way. So you can either trust that you and the universe are creating at the right time, or you can let the ego, you can let the beta condition try to force its will upon the intrinsic nature of time. If time does not cooperate with your expectations, you can let that be okay and trust the all oneness, or you can progressively frustrate yourself with attachment to the artificial time of clocks and calendars and choose to believe that you cannot have what you desire just because it does not appear when you demand it. If we just learn to relax and realize that most of the things we desire can indeed achieve and will be achieved in the right time, we can learn to co-create with the consciousness of time. We will often then find that our lives will progressively conform to our wishes, to our manifestations, especially when we ask nicely and with intention. And also when we trust the universal all one is to do its part in our co-creation. Patience is a virtue that reflects our comprehension of the nature of the universal order. That's number eight. Number nine is kindness. Kindness, like respect, is a birthright, but one that is often overlooked and misunderstood. When we approach the world through genuine kind-heartedness, sending love and respect to all of creation in honor of the universal source that lives within all things, we are, again, transmitting electromagnetic energy of a higher frequency that will allow the mechanics of universal physics to bring more of like kind back to us through universal backflow. This is quantum mechanics. This is measurable, observable, and repeatable, brothers. Kindness is a gift that we must first give ourselves in order to have it to give to others. Kindness implies being conscientious, concerned, and caring towards the needs, feelings, and desires of both the self and others, and to express this concern and caring in action, attitude, and intention. But you have to give yourself kindness. Give yourself random acts of kindness, then pass along that gift to everyone who crosses your way. Everybody who crosses your way. 
Don't be choosy with your kindness. Try being kind to the mean and grouchy person, and you may help them rediscover their ability to smile. When we treat all things with kindness, we demonstrate that we acknowledge their intrinsic value. We acknowledge the soul within them as manifestations of the all-oneness, and you will often find that source, that loving source within them returns the favor. All right, brothers, number 10. Make these a little quicker because I know we're at 30 minutes here. Conservation is number 10. Conservation is a form of respect and appreciation for the universal energy and all of its expressions from conserving and protecting our natural resources to being attentive to the needs of our bodies to using the energies of our words and actions with gentle conservation by which we freely use what is needed, but not more. We use what is needed, but not more. The universe continually recycles its energies for the rebirth of new expression. The all-oneness is always creating for us. All, everything, everything is given freely, but nothing is valueless or wasted. Conservation demonstrates that we have respect and appreciation for the gift of creative energy that the all-oneness has provided to us. As we learn to use this energy in all its forms with respect and clear intention, we will progressively fine-tune our ability to create what we desire, and in that process, assist all other beings to do the same. There is truth in the old saying, waste not, want not. If everything we perceive in our hologram of life is understood to be manifestations of the source, we might all employ a bit more respect, appreciation, and conservation towards the use and application of the energies of the universe. That's number 10, conservation. Number 11 is cooperation. (laughs) Yes, cooperation, brothers. I said it. Existence is and will always be a co-creative endeavor. Yes, you are a manifester. You will have the ability to manifest and create the life of your dreams, but it's done with the cooperation of the universe. We must be willing to allow other beings the fulfillment of their needs and desires if we hope to be having our own desires fulfilled. We are all one here. We are one. There's not a you and a me. It appears that way through illusion, through the slowing down of vibration. There appears to be you over there and me over here. That is the illusion that we are here to transcend as human beings. We are all in this together, creating a win-win situation and creating with the intention of giving genuinely our natural ways of being. We might not always agree with the intended creations of others, but we all have a right to our own points of view. Diplomacy can be a bridge between forces of opposition through which effective actions or decisions can be reached to mutually support each perspective. We can all learn to agree to disagree respectfully. So... The spiritual art of cooperative co-creation can progressively evolve to higher levels of expression. And finally, brothers, number 12 is sense. This is our responsibility. It's a responsibility to have sense, common sense and uncommon sense, learning to identify and appropriately apply both common sense and the uncommon sense of spiritual knowing will allow us to establish the greatest balance of energy expression within all aspects of our lives. Those are the 12 responsibilities of masteries. And what I want to offer is that you listen to this podcast a second time. Write these down. Write down all of these. If you don't know what they mean, listen to this podcast multiple times. So you can take each one of these responsibilities, give them intention, put them in your intention and focus for the day, for the week. And after 12 weeks, after three months, you will be an expanded alpha male. All right, brothers, remember the webinar for the tribe is next week. So sign up for the Indomitable Self-Confidence Newsletter today. This podcast is about to be completed. And when it's complete, when you hear me say elevate your alpha, go directly to thealphamalecoach.com and put in your name, put in your email address, hit submit, and boom, you'll be signed up. It's that easy. That's all you got to do. And I will see you on Thursday for the webinar. 
and next Friday on the podcast. I love you all. I love every one of you. Thank you so much for everything, brothers. And until next week, elevate your alpha. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Alpha Male Coach Podcast. If you enjoy what you've heard and want even more, sign up for Unleash Your Alpha, your guide to shifting to the alpha mindset at thealphamalecoach.com slash unleash.